0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join
2: Calvary Live right now.
0: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live. So good to be back with you Friday afternoon here. Appreciate all of you listening up and down the front range of Colorado and Wyoming on 89.7 Grace FM or 101.7 Uh, Grace FM, and of course all of you listening on a one-week delay on Truth FM, Kentucky, North Carolina, Tennessee, welcome to you. And uh, all of our listeners on Hope FM in Maryland, New Jersey, and the PA, Pennsylvania, welcome to all of you as well. Uh, One number that you can all call and get through here, 303-690-3000, that's the number to call if you'd like to... Uh, Let us know about your prayer request or you have a question about the Bible or about Christianity. 303-690-3000. If you prefer to text, uh, there is a number for that as well. 720-336. 0897. That's 720-336-0897. Give me a call if you can, though. I'd much rather uh, hear your voice and get to know you, 303 uh, 690 If you do uh, text me, do me a favor. Uh, I'm not a millennial, so my ability to uh, do many things at once is uh, somewhat uh, non-existent. Uh, I tend to be able to do one thing at a time. So reading a text and talking on the radio at the same time, is a little bit difficult for me, so give me a one-sentence text if you can, your prayer request or your subject. Keep it short and brief so I can read it, digest it, and talk about it on the radio uh, at the same time. Uh, Or better yet, like I said, call me because I can listen to you much easier and then answer your question. I'm Jason Vandiver. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado, I have the privilege of occasionally being able to be on this great program here Calvary Live. You can get more information about our fellowship, calvarychapelparker.com. There's a lot of resources there for free for you to utilize and uh, other resources there, calvarychapelparker.com. If you need a good devotional, we've got our daily devotional available uh, in electronic format that you can access there uh, and download for pretty much every platform, iPad, Kindle, Uh, so on and so forth, or just your regular laptop or computer, you can go to calvarychapelparker.com. Hey, we were talking the other day about a subject that I want to revisit briefly. Uh, We talked about it, and I want to supply a little bit more information about it, seeing as we are just uh, coming off of Easter less than a week ago. We had a, a great call about the subject uh, of the word Easter and about whether or not there are pagan uh, roots uh, in Easter. Of course, there's no pagan roots in the celebration of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Uh, but some people often make the claim in, in the echo chamber that is the internet and there are you know, humorous but inaccurate memes that go around that start trying to link Easter to uh, pagan traditions. As I mentioned to our our caller uh, on Tuesday, uh, unfortunately there are, there's nothing in archaeology that links Easter, even the name, uh, actually to pagan traditions. And so um, this is a, a fascinating subject. A lot of people think that there is. As I said, simply because they'll read an article, but but it's important to remember that an article is not a, a primary source. Uh, even an article in an encyclopedia or Wikipedia or wherever you read it, that's not a primary source, and so if, if you ever read an article on any subject for that matter um, – Look for primary sources, and what I mean by a primary source is, would be something from archaeology, uh, an inscription, uh, an idol, or something that would link uh, some existence of a pagan god or goddess to Easter. And in archaeology, there are no primary sources linking uh, any kind of gods to our worship uh, of Easter at any point. Um, The caller brought up Ashtoreth. Ashtoreth, of course, was a goddess, uh, uh, primary Eastern and um, Greek. Uh, The the names differ a little bit, but uh, Ashtoreth is uh, the Middle Eastern version, the Hebrew version, uh, and Canaanite version. And when it Goes over into Assyrian, it's Ishtar, and the Greeks uh, she was known. Greeks and Romans known as Astarte, but there's no movement from east to west in Western celebration of Easter, from from Ashtoreth uh, over to our modern celebration. One suggestion that some people make is this uh, is a goddess Yostre, but uh, in Anglo-Saxonism, but there's no evidence of this goddess. It's merely conjecture. There's one quote. Uh, about Yostre from an eighth-century monk known as the Venerable Bede, uh, but he merely makes a speculative connection that the goddess existed, and that that's why the month Joster, uh Monath in in Anglo-Saxon and Northumbrian was. Uh, he speculates that that's why the month had its name. But but you'll see people saying on the internet that you know there was this goddess and that her consort was a hare and that people would color and hunt Easter eggs down rabbit holes and there, there are just no inscriptions, no shrines, no temples, absolutely not a shred of archaeological evidence to support the claim. So it's merely just uh, conjecture until somebody can, can produce something like that. Uh, rather, the caller brought up etymology and linguistics. Rather, w- we, we realize that, that in etymology, uh, the yostre uh, is a, an Indo-European, uh, proto-Indo-European uh, root, uh, or comes from a proto-Indo-European root word, from which we also get the word east, the cardinal direction east, The name of the country, Austria, and uh, the the root has the idea of shining or speaks of the rising of the sun in the east and the beginning of seasons and so forth, springtime. That's more likely where the month in Anglo-Saxonism got its name and hence the celebration following in the springtime uh, of the resurrection of Christ hence the name Easter uh, for that celebration. So uh, that's the more likely route and and none of these other things. So when people, I, I get a little concerned when people start saying, well, we can't say Easter because, uh, you know, if you don't want to and and you want to say Resurrection Sunday only, I have no issue with that. Uh, but I'm not going to take issue with somebody else saying Easter because then we've got to change our vocabulary significantly. Uh, we East, we, we won't be using the cardinal direction. East anymore, we won't be using any of the days of the week, uh, Thursday for example, Thursday from North's Mythology, Sunday for the God of the Sun, Monday for the God of the Moon, uh, several others from North's Mythology, Saturday from the Roman goddess, uh, or God Saturn, so uh, you get the idea, uh, there's hundreds of words in the English language that that then in in, in this, this kind of interesting modern form of legalism, we would be obligated to stop using, and And uh, so it's a fascinating subject. I find it very interesting. Just wanted to give you a little bit more information on that in the aftermath uh, of Easter here and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's go to Joseph uh, in Parker. Joseph, welcome to the program.
1: Hi, Jason. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) It's going well. It's going well. How are you?
0: I'm doing really well. What's on your mind today?
1: Right on. Um, so this is kind of a question that I has kind of been on my mind. But uh, um, in the Old Testament, in, in at least like our English translation, and I know that Septuagint was was the same, and where that comes from, um, you know, we have instead of like Yahweh or Jehovah written out, we have Lord in all caps, mm-hmm. right? Right? Is that is that is is that like morally right? Is that ethically right, or is that because it's i don't know does it is there an ethical issue with that or
0: right I, I I think I gather what you're saying so so for those listening um who may not i think a lot of people probably grasp your question um, for those who are listening who may maybe don't necessarily understand the nature of your question um the the issue is really is it okay to uh to use a substitute for the proper name of God, the Tetragrammaton, uh, right. as, it appears, as it appears in, in the Old Testament. Um, for those who further aren't aware of the subject, um, what Joseph's asking about is, is, so in the Old Testament, when we see the—God is not God's name— God is who He is, and, and His name is perhaps pronounced Yahweh. Uh, it's definitely not Jehovah. There's no J's in Hebrew, uh, <laughs> so uh, people ought to know that. That's a uh, a Latin invention later on. Every J you see, the Valley of Aijalon is the Valley of uh, Joshua Joshua's Yeshua. There, there's no J's in the. There is no J sound in in the Hebrew language, modern or uh, biblical. And so, uh, so maybe Yahweh. Uh, uh, maybe some other pronunciation. We're, we're not exactly sure. you always a good contender. So whenever that name appears, when Moses asks God, "What is your name?" He says, "I am that I am." The verb, uh, drive from the noun, drive from the verb of being, the becoming one or the existent one. So when uh-huh. that name appears, uh, YHvh, uh, uh, the the uh, uh, consonants in in the Hebrew there, we have typically in the English language uh, substituted that for uh, with the word uh, Lord. Capital L O R D. So when people are are looking at that and they they look in their Bibles, if they have a translation that is capital L O R D, then oftentimes they're they're looking uh, at the name of the proper name of God. So Joseph's question is is really is it okay to just Uh, Not try to supply the the name of God, but is it okay to to actually put uh, Lord in there? And I would suggest uh, that it's it it is okay to do that um, because we don't know the 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 proper pronunciation, we don't know the exact uh, name of God. You could do, use a transliteration of right. some sort if you wanted to be uh, very exact, but, but I don't see an unethical uh, uh, dilemma there. I think it's probably uh, it, it's an academic dilemma, I would agree with that, because I think 99% of people reading that aren't going to know that that's the name of God, right? So, right. But uh, I think that there's some historical precedent for this. Obviously, it's done in, in Jewish Bibles, uh, uh, Adonai, or, or uh, with, within Judaism, they often use Adonai, which is, I think, uh, ultimately the reason why we use Lord, because Adonai means Lord. Or you'll right. see uh, oftentimes in, in Jewish writings, they won't write out—they'll write out part of God, the word God. So like Jesus, uh Underscore D, uh, or they'll write the name, literally the phrase the the name in place of of God's name because it was so holy and is so revered that that people have historically used substitutes there. So whether it's from holiness, whether it's from a misunderstanding uh, or a lack of understanding the pronunciation, I think that something has has to be done there. I think that the use of Lord is is a good substitute there. However, I think that it can lead to some confusion.
1: Okay. Okay, I I, I get that. because there's like, I was thinking, because there's, and it may be taking it too literally, and it may be like running, running off with it, but, uh, and I was trying to find the verse, but in, I think it's in Jeremiah, he uh got this, woe to the shepherds who cause my people to forget my name, Right. and, and these, um, and I I kind of understand uh, also with uh, like a lot of the, the counterfeits of like, the Canaanite pantheon, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Baal means, I guess, you know, it means Lord, but in a stricter sense, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, you also have Baal Baris, like, Lord of the Covenant, and these things like that, so, I don't know, it...
0: it, above, Lord of the Flies, and so forth, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So,
1: it's, I don't know, it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of an eerie, and so even when I'm discussing with people even like Jehovah's witnesses mm-hmm. uh, I really don't know how to I don't know how to come back at them with that because they'll uh they'll revile against well your bible replaces you know the proper name you know right. so many
0: times but I that's, don't know how to come I don't yeah, know how I th- to answer that I think that there's a very uh, a good logical answer to use with them if they you know when they come to you and they say um you know, well, your Bible replaces the proper name of God with Lord and we use Jehovah, well, I I, I think a a reasonable question is, well, but you're using the wrong name for sure. Because you see, Jehovah, the name Jehovah is a 15th century invention. It's not Uh Jehovah is certainly not the name of God. In fact, Jehovah not only has a J, but the name Jehovah was created by taking the tetragrammaton and adding the vowel sounds from Adonai, Mm -hmm. from Lord. So, so really they 're using it 's just a whole mishmash uh, so so neither is Jehovah the correct name. I, I think they would have a better argument if they used the name yahweh uh, there 's at least some potential that Yahweh is a pro- an appropriate pronunciation for the tetragrammaton um, but uh, or for the proper name of god but but there 's no certainty of that at least on our part it 's interesting that the rabbis the rabbis say a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of different things they say, and I take a lot of it, at, you know, at speculation. But there are supposedly rabbis who, out, throughout the ages, have, preser- have preserved the proper pronunciation of God. But obviously, uh, in their orthodox standing today, they they wouldn't, they would never even consider using it, uttering it. And so, um, you know, we I guess we can't know, but at this point. We will know. But uh, I think if someone wanted to use Yahweh, I think that's a a, a reasonable, uh, possible pronunciation. Um, I think that if you were, you know, uh, doing a translation of the Bible and you didn't want to use Lord, you wanted to potentially um, at least make an attempt at being more accurate, uh, you could say in that day, uh, you know, for example, in Genesis 2-4, when it it first appears, in that day, uh, Yahweh God made the earth and the heavens. You know, and so, uh, and and, and uh, it certainly would be clear, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, no, I appreciate that, and I think it's uh, for you. I know you, uh, our call, our our listeners don't all know you, but I know you, and as someone who, who teaches the Bible, you know, uh, it's important for you to be teaching that to your listeners.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay, so they... Well, right on. Well, thank you so much.
0: Yeah, you bet. Appreciate your call, Joseph. God bless you.
1: Hey, right on. God bless you. Have a great day. Hey, you do as well.
0: Let's go 303-690-3000. Let's go to Tammy in uh she is in Middle River, uh Middle River, Maryland, I'm guessing. Welcome to the program. Hi Tammy, can you hear me? Tammy. Hello Tammy. Did we lose you? Uh we lost Tammy. Well, Tammy, hopefully uh, you will give us a call back. And folks, uh, I've got all our lines open, 303-690-3000. Jason Vandiver here with you. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. And uh, if you want to join me on the air, 303-690-3000 is the number to call uh, if you would like to do so. And uh, meanwhile, I've got some prayer requests via text here, uh, someone asking for prayer, uh, some some OCD uh, compulsive uh, behaviors. And uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's pray, and, and and we can talk uh, a little bit about that as well. Father, I, first of all, I just just lift up this uh, listener, uh, Lord. Uh, you, Lord, we all struggle with with different things, and uh, Lord, you know, you know the source uh, of these struggles. You know the nature. You know that many people, uh, even listening right now, may not even be the person who sent this text, but they struggle too. We want to lift them up as well. Uh, Lord, just uh, things that that uh, they do, but they don't. They don't want to do. They recognize the 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 debilitating nature of these things, the 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 pain. That even comes with them, and so, Lord, I just pray for deliverance. I just pray that you would you would set them free uh, lord that that uh, that you would just work and and give them victory uh, over this, Lord, that you would come and that you would comfort them and just give them peace uh, even now, in Jesus' name. we pray, um, talking a little bit about the subject of of compulsive um, behavior, uh, you know there are many kind of forms of uh, Compulsive behavior, but uh, but uh, um, in this case, OCD is a, is an interesting one. Kind of this this being driven to certain things, having to perform things in a certain way, even repetitive things. And and for those who who aren't experienced with that or haven't experienced that in their life, just this sense of of extreme uneasiness or discomfort or that things aren't right when they don't perform these 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 ritualistic type type things uh, it can be very mundane things even in life and and uh, and so it can be very debilitating for for a lot of people my heart goes out to you uh, and and you know I just I just think of of uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 uh, where the Apostle Paul writing there I, I think of this in a, in a lot of different uh, contexts but especially this one actually beginning in verse 6 it says be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I believe that there can be victory uh over these types of behaviors. I believe that that these things tend to develop over time as we entertain them and uh, And but that god as we as we turn to Him at every at every turn and at every sight of these things in prayer, uh, can give us victory and can give us peace uh, which guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, so I appreciate uh, that uh, question from uh, our caller, and uh, hopefully that uh, that uh, helps you out. Uh, I've got another uh, prayer request here. Uh, again, if you want to join me on the program, 303 690 Want to give that number out there. 303-690-3000. Another prayer request here uh, for, uh, for an upcoming uh, suicide prevention outreach uh, in Greeley. It looks like it's a suicide prevention outreach uh, on Facebook and uh... and so uh... looks like it's called uh... hope for tomorrow looks like hope the number four underscore the the number two and then M O R R O W. I want to pray for that ministry and Lord, we do just lift up uh... uh... hope for tomorrow uh, and we lift up all of the people that they're trying to reach lord that they would reach uh, people with the truth of jesus christ which is the answer to the fertility and the uh... the 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 depths of despair that people who uh, or even at that point right now where they're considering taking their lives. So, Lord, we just pray uh, that, that you would connect them with people that they can help, that you would give them wisdom and the words to share, uh, Lord, and that you would deliver people, uh, not just uh, from their despair, uh, but, Lord, that you would deliver them to uh, your Son and to salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And uh, hearts go out to you guys and appreciate uh, what you're doing and all who are, are uh, doing something uh, similar three oh three six nine zero three thousand and uh call actually not a text this time, another prayer request for jerry uh, jerry 's just finished knee replacement surgery, and we want to lift him up in prayer and then looks like I got another text question coming in here as well we 'll see if we can get to that. It looks like uh, related to the rapture of the church, but first let 's pray uh, for Jerry, Lord, we do lift up Jerry to you right now and uh, we thank you for him. I just pray he, he knows you. I'm assuming he does, but if he doesn't, I pray that you would just work in his life and, and through this surgery even draw him to you. Lord, bless his family and those around him, uh, surround him with good care. Uh, I just pray for his healing. Uh, Lord, maybe he's listening now. I pray that he would be encouraged and and uh, that you would just be the lifter of his head, Lord, uh, uh, that you would restore him to full strength and, and to being used. Uh, Lord, I think of uh, Peter's mother-in-law. Lord, when... Uh, uh, when your son healed uh, her, she went right back to serving you. And so, uh, Lord, I pray uh, for that uh, for, for Jerry, that you would just touch him, you'd give him rest, uh, and, uh, and that you'd heal him. And, uh, Lord, I, I, I understand now, uh, actually, here that he, he isn't saved. And so, Lord, I just pray uh, that, that you would save him. And, uh, Lord, that you would bring him uh, to the knowledge of you, uh, not simply healing his, his body, but, Lord, you are the healer of the soul. And so we just pray that you'd work in his life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, uh, I'm Jason Vanderveer, the pastor of Calvary Chapel uh, in Parker, Colorado. As I mentioned before, you can get more information about our church, 303. or calvarychapelparker.com, and then if you want to call me, 303-690-3000. So, information about the church— calvarychapelparker.com. And uh, if you want to call me on the air, (laughs) you're not going to get any information about the church. Well, I guess if you asked me, you could. But uh, 303-690-3000. If you want to text me, 720-336-0897. That's the number to text. But as I mentioned earlier, do me a favor. Uh, I'm a very simple person, uh, at least in terms of my abilities. Uh, So give me a one-sentence text, if you can, of your prayer request or your question. I've got a, a text question here that looks pretty interesting. It says, assuming a pre-tribulational view, uh, will the church see the temple rebuilt uh, or will the rapture happen before? So, uh, great question because uh, uh, let me give a little bit of background on that. Uh, Of course, there is no temple on the Temple Mount today. I was just uh, in Israel a week and a half ago. Uh, The Dome of the Rock and the Al-Aqsa Mosque uh, just south of it are all that are there, basically, uh, in terms of major structures up there. And so no temple uh, on the uh, uh, the Temple Mount today, uh, but uh, we know that in the Great Tribulation period... That there will be uh, a temple there, we also know that during the millennial reign of Christ uh, in Ezekiel, there will be a millennial temple. So the question concerning the uh, pre or concerning the tribulational temple uh, our text uh, question being will we as Christians who are going to be raptured? see the the um, uh, the tribulation temple uh, I believe that that we will not see the tribulation temple because uh, if you you look at the context uh, of Daniel uh, from around the ninth chapter or so and the book of Revelation uh, the Antichrist and if you look at uh, 2 Thessalonians, particularly the first couple of chapters of 2 Thessalonians, you see that that the Antichrist is not going to be revealed uh, until the restrainer is taken out of the way. Uh, and what I mean by uh, the restrainer is, uh, as Paul says in 2 Thessalonians 2, 2 verse 7 he says the mystery of lawless, it, lawlessness is already at work only he who now restrains will do so until he is uh, taken out of the way and then the lawless one will will be revealed. Uh, so the Antichrist is going to be revealed after he who restrains the holy spirit working through the church has been removed and of course the lawless one the antichrist is responsible for the first three and a half years of the false peace and allowing the jews to rebuild the tribulation temple so uh, i would say that the answer is no uh, we who are, rap- are, are, are raptured will not see from our earthly vantage point as it is now the tribulation temple uh, it's likely that we will be able to view these things from a better vantage point uh, being with the Lord, uh, having been raptured and caught up to meet Him in the air, as First Thessalonians four talks about, uh, but we won't see it from here on Earth because it, it the, the events necessary will unfold after the rapture of the church. But uh, great uh, great question, fascinating question. You know, they're ready to go right now, and when they get a little bit frisky over there in Israel, they drag out the cornerstone for the temple, the Temple Institute folks and, and, and others working with them. They drag out that Cornerstone that they have on a semi, and then everybody riots, and and it's really provocative, and and then they put it away, and so, uh, but they're ready to go. And uh, if you've seen how fast buildings can be built, I just saw uh, with 3D printers the other day they can build a house now uh, in less than two days. Actually, they were running their 3D printer on quarter speed, and they built uh, a small home in in two days. So with technology as it is today, uh, the temple could go up very quickly uh, once the tribulation has begun and the the church is out of the way, the restraining force of the holy spirit working through the church is out of the way, the lawless one has been revealed, this false peace can come in. All of the the implement the the, the priests, the priestly garments, uh, virtually everything is in place. They're trying to breed a red heifer now around the world, but in Israel specifically, uh, that's very important the Ashes of the red heifer required for uh, cleansing and, and, and consecration uh, to begin services in the temple, but they're ready to go. The menorah's on display, the solid gold menorah's on display uh, there in the old city of Jerusalem. So uh, so things are ready to go. It could happen very quickly, but we won't see it from our vantage point here on earth. Hey, I'm Jason Vanderveer with you on Calvary Live. Uh, Give me a call. we got the break. Now's a great time to give us a call during the break. 303-690-3000. Give me a ring here and uh, your question, whatever. Uh, Bible, Christianity, you bring it up, we'll talk about it. Uh, We're going to have to take a break, short one, but we'll be right back.
2: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at
0: 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome back. Jason Vandiver with you here on Calvary Live. 303-690-3000 is the number to call if you want to join me on the program. Let's go to Adrian. Adrian, uh, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you today? Uh, we're we're doing all right. Uh, my family is actually going through a little bit
1: of a crisis because our stepdad is actually like only got like twenty four hours to live, and uh, we were just looking for prayer for our family right now, brother. So if you could just please do a prayer for us, we would you, really appreciate it.
0: I I definitely will, and I appreciate you calling in. Uh, let's pray yeah. right now, Father. We uh, I just thank you so much for Adrian. I uh, I I just. Uh, Pray, Lord, where he's at right now, and not just him, but... uh, I'm sure many, many more people close to him uh, as their, their stepdad is is going through this. Lord, first of all, I pray for their stepdad. I pray that, uh, I, I pray he would know you. I, I hope that he does. I pray that he does. But uh, And if he does, Lord, I just pray that you'd comfort him. If he doesn't, I pray that that in this time that he has left, uh, Lord, whatever it is, if it's 24 hours, whatever the time period is, that you would draw him to yourself. And and if he does, Lord, as I said, know you, that you would just comfort him, that you would minister to him uh, in, in these moments. Moments, Lord, uh, as you prepare to draw him home, I just pray for his peace. Uh, Lord, I pray for his healing. Uh, Lord, uh, you, you even at this uh, moment, Lord, you can heal. And if that's your will, I pray that you would heal. Uh, but Lord, it, it, if that's not what you desire... Uh, Lord, I just pray for uh, a peaceful passing for him, for comfort, and and uh, Lord, that you would just surround him with the people that love him, and you would surround him with your love and show him how much uh, you love him, Lord. And 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 Lord, I pray for the family, uh, not just him, because. Uh, often it's so hard on the family to to watch and and to be caregivers uh, and and to watch the ones that they love uh, pass on and 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 they just uh, understand uh, that they won't see them for a while, uh, Lord. That they're and, and they already miss them, Lord. I just pray. Uh, I pray that you'd be with them, that you'd comfort Adrian and his family, strengthen them, that you'd encourage them, uh, Lord. That that in the midst of all of this, that they're that. Uh, Lord Jesus, your joy, as you said, would remain in them and that their joy would be full. Uh, Lord, we know that, that joy is far different than, than, than happiness. Lord, happiness is circumstantial, and, and when people are dying, Lord, we just understand we're not, we're not necessarily happy, but uh, but the joy of the Lord can still be their strength, Lord. And I just pray that you'd sustain them in that, that you would, that you would use them mightily, uh, that they would be uh, just praising you, uh, worshiping you through it all. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank hey, you very much, brother. You betcha. And we're you're going to be on our hearts, uh, and a lot of other people listening. We're going to be going to be praying for your family, my friend. Thank you very much, brother. Have God bless. Day. God bless you, Adrian. 303 folks, 3036903000. Welcome to all of our listeners uh, in this bottom half of the program, uh, or the the last half hour of our program. Welcome to all our listeners on the Front Range, Colorado and Wyoming, and of course, uh, listening on Grace FM and all our Truth FM listeners, Kentucky, North Carolina, Tennessee. Welcome to you, Hope FM listeners, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Welcome to all of you, 3036903000. Jason Vandiver, I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel Parker. The privilege to be your guest, uh, fill-in host today here on Calvary Live. Let's go to Lisa. Uh, Lisa, welcome to the program.
2: Thank you, Pastor. Thank How you doing? Accepting my call. I'm doing yeah. well, thank you. How are you?
0: Oh, I'm doing really well. Thanks.
2: Good. Well, I have some, uh, a question in regard to a cousin of mine. Mm-hmm. She is staying uh, with an aunt that has lost a loved one, and um, evidently, that my cousin has seen an aberration And the aunt is under the impression that it's her dead son, and I'm trying to give her uh, a scriptural background to let her know that there are no such things as ghosts, that once you're dead, you're dead. And um, that it's not an entity that can harm her, but it isn't an entity from the Lord. Right. And, um, I I just want to be able to give her some solid background uh, as to where she can reflect. I've given her some passages, but um, maybe hearing it from you, I could better assist her in that area.
0: Right. Well, let's talk a little bit about subject. Uh, the subject. Uh, the the only time that we we see uh, any any inkling uh, of uh, you know someone coming back from the dead uh, would be with Saul uh, when Samuel comes back and and talks to Saul right uh uh there in um, in in the book of 1 Samuel uh where you know they call up Saul and 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 it's 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 actually in a way it's kind of a humorous circumstance um yeah. it's possible that it it, it wasn't Really, Samuel, uh, you know, uh, but uh, it, it's quite possible that it was, you know, something else. But it kind of seems, in context, in First Samuel, that that uh, when Saul goes to the witch of Endor, there that he's really talking to Samuel. But that seems to be the the one exception, uh, historically speaking, on this on on this topic. Rather, I would I would revert more uh, over to like Hebrews nine twenty seven, where it tells us that man is destined to die once and after that the judgment so so you die and and you're you're judged you don't go around, you know, haunting people and inhabiting this world in some disembodied state. Um, in fact, uh we see that that uh in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh Paul talks about being at home in the body, uh that we're away from the Lord or we're apart from the Lord, but then he says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So and, and when we look at Luke chapter 16, where we see the whole discussion there of uh, Abraham's bosom, uh, we discover that really when you die, you go to one of two places— You either go right now, obviously awaiting the resurrection of the body, your body goes in the ground, but for believers, your spirit and your soul uh, goes to be in the presence of the Lord. So, if we're talking about a believer, they're not haunting or living in some discontented, disembodied state. Their spirit and their soul goes to be with the Lord to wait the resurrection uh, of their body, which is discussed in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, and elsewhere. Unbelievers, they go to a place of torments, uh, a spiritual place of torments in the grave, Luke 16, 22 through 24, uh, to await the resurrection of their body, the second resurrection, as we see in Revelation chapter 20 there, which is a resurrection unto the great white throne judgment. So no one is wandering around uh, unattended. Right. <laughs> right. Right. You see what I mean? Like Like no one is free to just kind of wander around and do whatever they want. You, you, exactly. you know, spiritually speaking. So, so when people, people say, well, what, what am I encountering uh, when I encounter a ghost? And, and you know, or, or uh, you know, what's going on when people are having seances and things like this? Well, I think that, that 90% of the time they're, they're dealing with, with bunk. You know, they're, they're dealing with, with people taking advantage of them right you know right, the, right. the the psychic Friends network and California psychics, which by the way, why do all the psychics live in california now uh <laughs> but but anyway uh you know they're dealing with people that are that are playing games, but in the rare occasion that I think that, that people encounter the spiritual realm, we know that the spiritual realm exists but uh but I believe that they're encountering uh demons uh who as Paul says in second corinthians eleven um Uh, uh, 14, uh, demons who are masquerading as angels, like Satan, as angels of light. And so they're going around, you know, trying to teach people, you know, about the light and posing as their dead relatives all, you say, what's the end game of that? In an effort to deceive them away from the truth of the gospel. You know, it's going to be okay, you're going to die, you're going to come to the light, Your your dead unbelieving relatives and you are all going to be happy and there's going to be no judgment, right? Right. And so, so there's a, a, a deception in that. So, so I would say uh, some key passages Hebrews chapter 9, uh, verse uh, 27. Uh, I would say uh, also Second um, Corinthians 5, 6 through 8, uh, Luke 16, 22 through 24, um, 2 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15. These are some good passages to, uh, to go to on this, on, on this subject.
2: Yes, well, thank you, Pastor. Those are pretty much the the passages that I've already texted her and discussed with her, and I'm just hoping that she uh, has peace of mind in knowing that uh, you know this isn't something that uh, will continue to happen, and it isn't it isn't anything that um, is even remotely a possibility. Yeah, I, I didn't know the gentleman. I don't know his relationship or his walk with the Lord at the time of his uh, living years. So I'm just hoping that uh, the aunt will find peace and uh, knowing that her son is just waiting for judgment.
0: It, it, well, exactly right. And you know, I, I, as believers, obviously we have nothing to fear in terms of you know ghosts and these other things. As unbelievers, you know, they're they're dealing with uh, some sort of attack uh, from the spiritual realm, and, and the answer to that is is uh, which you've already communicated is Jesus Christ you know, right. is, is, is salvation, and, and that's the best way to address these things, um, you know, not, not any of the other uh, things that people suggest.
2: Exactly. Well, thank you, Pastor, and I appreciate your program. I listen uh, every day, and um, I just love Grace FM. I support you guys, and God bless you in these times of... Uh... In our last
0: days. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We should be excited. This, these are uh, indeed uh, the 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 final days. I believe Jesus Christ is coming soon. God keeps his promises. And uh, we appreciate you and uh, the work that you're doing, as you obviously are ministering to, uh, to a lot of people. And we appreciate your prayers and your encouragement.
2: Absolutely. God bless
0: you. God bless you. Take care.
2: Uh-huh. You too. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, folks, if you want to join me, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, that is the number to call if you want to join me uh, on uh, Calvary Live here, and, uh, you know... uh, I I just love this program. I love uh, talking to all of you. I love your questions. Great question from Lisa, Adrian, uh, Joseph. uh, All of our callers so far today. Uh, Tammy, we're sorry we lost you, Tammy. We didn't didn't get you, but like I said, give us a call back. Let's go to Alyssa in Philadelphia. Welcome to the program, Alyssa. Hi. How are you? you?
3: I'm good. I'm good. Um, I had a question. A friend of mine. She has a daughter who's in her twenties. She's very sick. She has a, um, a, a a very serious illness. Well, she's in a lot of pain. Don't let her like leukemia. Okay. Um, well, she's in a lot of pain, and her immune system's really, really low. Well. Unfortunately, because of the um, opioid crisis um, that's going on, the doctors are very limited with the medicine that they can give her uh-huh. for the pain, considering she has a right. disease and. Her mother's very frustrated. So her mom was looking into possibly contacting someone about cannabis oil. But mm-hmm. she was um weary of doing that well because of she's a Christian as well and she's mm-hmm. not sure if that will really go against the Bible. And mm-hmm. I explained to her I felt as though because your daughter has a serious disease mm-hmm. and she's in a lot, a lot of pain and because her mom's actually very uncomfortable with all the narcotics mm-hmm. that she is ha, has been given, and the limitations on the narcotics because of the opioid crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, that maybe a, a cannabis oil might not be something bad to look into, mm-hmm. um, c- considering you know some of the, the the things that have come out about it. But I thought about it, like maybe I should have told her that. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about it a little bit. I think it brings up a very interesting discussion. Um, you know, uh what would be my so I'm not a doctor, so I'm trying to put myself in the position of a person. What would be my approach if if I was someone who had the options of your friend um and 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 this young woman. And and I think that that uh you know, you're dealing with something that now let, let's look at it one way. Um how, why are you approaching it there's a couple of issues i think first is why are you approaching something from from one direction and and the reason somebody would be in this case is because they feel that their other options uh, are limited so that's the first consideration they're not they wouldn't be at least uh, the good side of it was would be they wouldn't be approaching it from the standpoint of someone who uh, you know, was just looking for a recreational drug, for example. But that said, um, I think the concern would have to be, and, and, and you would have to talk to somebody who could actually advise you on this or advise them on this, would be, despite the, the intentions, uh, what are going to be the effects in terms of the addictive nature? A lot of people say, well, marijuana is not addictive, but the reality is is that it is. Uh, you know, that's just kind of one of the the, the common uh, mis- tr- mis- misstatements about it. And so uh, then becomes, you know, does this have the same ad- addictive nature? Uh, are there going to be other factors? And then the last thing that I would, would consider, uh, well, probably the second to last thing that I would consider is are there in fact other options and and is is this really going to ultimately be effective for them? in other words, is, what kind of science is behind it uh, and 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 how do they feel about it because the, the the very last thing you've got to do is is pray about it. And, you know, the Bible talks about that anything uh, that is sin to us I- I- is sin. And so if uh, the Lord allows uh, through prayer for our conscience uh, to convict us, uh, then then it's, it's, it's sin to us. Uh, even though there may not be a, a specific uh, scripture uh, dealing with cannabis oil, uh, you know, we, we may feel a, a sense of conviction in, in our own conscience from the Lord that that's not the path that he would would have us to go. I think, um, and this is going to come across, um, uh, well, hopefully this doesn't come across the wrong way. I, I think what we've got to realize sometimes in life um, is, is that the, uh, the goal is not always to avoid any kind of difficulty or pain. In other words there there are worse things in, than pain sometimes in life and something worse than pain would be compromising or doing something wrong just to alleviate pain. And that would be my concern, you know, as a believer. It, it, is God allowing me to go through something because he wants to do something like Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 where he he tells you know, Paul, hey, you're going to live with this thorn in your flesh. Paul prays for it to be removed several times. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. Are there things that, that, that we need to to learn through pain? Now, obviously, you know, I'm not suggesting that anybody just needs to suffer and you've got to learn something. I I, I don't want to be misheard. Uh, but, I, but I don't want to uh, give anybody the impression that, that we should at any cost um, be seeking a a a deliverance or a remedy from pain, because just sometimes it 's not there, so for me personally um, i wouldn 't want to delve into the area of something that wasn 't uh, number one proven. Uh, number two, uh, that might take me in an addictive or an unhealthy direction or might take me towards something um, that that isn 't something that really that God desires for me i would I would uh, look obviously for for the best alternative and and see whether or not you know the Lord has uh, something else and and maybe there's a way that the Lord is desiring to to alleviate her pain so that would be my approach uh, I would say this if somebody you know, was receiving good advice on this, and and they felt that that was the best approach for them. Uh, you know, then then um, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to condemn them.
2: Right. Okay,
3: no, Just, I completely understand. And with the point that you made about um, sometimes God puts or well, allows certain things to happen to mm-hmm. us for I feel like for a larger purpose, for His purpose, even even all the way down to pain. Is that something that I guess I could express to her, to express to her daughter, to help her understand. Yeah, it, I guess it, in, in some type of in in, a, in the, some type of way, shape, or form.
0: Yeah, I I think that. Well, are you dealing? Are they believers, or or what's their? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. yeah they're both. They're both. Well, I'm going to say I know for fact her mother is a believer. Her daughter, can't really speak on her because I don't know her daughter in depth and she doesn't speak on her daughter's face at all Uh Um, she, I I think when it comes to her mom, her mom was more or less, I think because she sees her daughter in pain over and over and over again and she sees how agonizing Mm -hmm. her daughter just sitting in the hospital and the doctors are giving her all of these other narcotics that's not doing anything for her, that amount of pain that she's in I think her mom just got to that point where she was just or I for straws, saying, well, maybe I could, I could suggest and we could look into something else because mm-hmm. they're, all, they're pumping her up with all these narcotics. Sure. But it's not, and, and she told us, it's not helping my child. They're just giving her narcotics and it's not well, that's, helping
0: her. And that's one of the, I, I, I think, you know, as you bring that up, you bring up a very interesting point. because So uh, it, it's harder as a parent to, to watch someone you love uh to watch your children your child in this case especially uh it's harder to uh, oftentimes to watch that and it is to suffer yourself you know and and you might be at the place where you you would say hey I can accept suffering for myself but but it's hard for me to accept it you know uh or watch my child go through that i think that since she's a believer you you know you have a very real opportunity to to talk uh with her about you know romans chapter eight and to talk about second corinthians chapter twelve and to talk about you know going back into uh the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis. And and why does God allow things into our lives? Why does God allow suffering? Uh, Why does God allow difficulty into our lives? Oftentimes it's for another purpose. And so the goal, while we want people to be comfortable, and we certainly should seek uh, and pray for their healing and be willing to to get them the best treatment that they possibly can get, um, but the goal is, you know, you can have a very real conversation, but that the goal is not is not alleviating suffering at all costs and and if this child doesn't know the Lord uh or isn't quite where they need to be. Perhaps God is desiring to use this uh, in 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 her life uh, in in some way. Even though God doesn't cause or make somebody sick, He He certainly allows, uh, as you point out, and uses uh, certain things. So I don't think that there's anything wrong with with praying and with asking for second opinions. Um, for asking, I think that these are really co- real conversations you should have with your doctor. Like, are these na- narcotics the best way, and 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 why why this route? Uh, uh, of medicine, as opposed to maybe an alternative, you know I find that doctors more often than not are really open to those kinds of conversations, uh, but then there 's the whole spiritual side too right right so okay. i I hope that, that I hope that helps you um, you know my skill or my experience is really to speak more from a spiritual side, not from a medical side, but hopefully there 's some practical um, advice for you for both of those definitely, and I appreciate it so much Thank can can, I, can we pray? Yes, of course, yes. Father, I just thank you for Alyssa, Lord. I just uh, pray that you would just be with her, bless her, bless her family. And Lord, I I pray for uh, this young girl. I pray for her healing. Uh, Lord, in your timing, according to your will, I pray for her mother, Uh, Lord, that you would just minister to her as she has to watch her child go through this. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd give them all wisdom. Lord, what is the best approach uh, to this, what, and, and what are you doing through this? Lord, I just pray that you would reveal that in your time, that you would give them peace. I pray that you would surround them uh, with, with doctors, even, who love you, uh, who will care for them, and who will communicate clearly uh, to them, and who will have the wisdom themselves uh, to, to give the best treatment possible. We know you that you are the, the author, the one that brings healing. And so we pray, uh, according to your will, whatever you desire, that you might work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. Hey, really appreciate your call and, and uh, give us a call back uh, if you if you do have time in the future and, and give us an update and let us know kind of you know what direction you went, what you what you found, how things are going.
3: Awesome. I definitely so thank
0: you. You bet you God bless you, Alyssa. God bless you. Too. Hey folks, if you want to join me, Jason Vanderbeer here on Calvary Live, 303-690-3000. Got a question here on the uh, Sabbath and the Ten Commandments. The question is, uh, if... Sabbath keeping is one of the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter twenty. Then uh, why don't we pay uh, much attention to it? Uh, there are those that do. They're known as Sabbatarians. They exist uh, obviously within the Adventist movement. There are also Adventist Baptists and others. Uh, typically, those are 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 very legalistic understandings uh, of salvation. And the reason that Sabbath keeping is is not a part of our modern uh, you know new covenant new testament uh theology it's not that it's not part of our theology we understand it but but we're not sabbath keepers or obligated to be sabbath keepers um is because uh, in the new testament we we see that 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 uh, is not part of the new covenant nine out of the 10 uh commandments are reiterated under the new covenant uh but one is not and that is the sabbath the reason for that is is uh, the other nine commandments are all moral. In other words, uh, they all have some moral aspect. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Uh, don't uh, uh, bear false witness. Don't lie, in other words. So these all have a moral aspect. The Sabbath was pure, purely ceremonial and was related to God's covenant with Israel, which is why Sabbath-keeping is not part of 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 the new covenant, which is uh, Jesus was resurrected uh, on the first day of the week, not the seventh day of the week. And so Christians from very early on, we see in the book of Acts uh, many times, are are worshiping and gathering for celebration uh, on the uh, first day of the week. They as they were Jewish, kept the Sabbath for a while, but as the church became primarily Gentile, of course, there was no tradition. Uh, they, you know, were not Jewish, so we're not keeping uh, the Sabbath. There is no commandment to do so. In the book of Colossians, uh, we see that there is no regard to feast or uh, no regard to Sabbaths or, or days, uh, and so it's a ceremonial aspect as part of God's covenant with the nation of Israel as part of the Mosaic law, uh, not part of of the new covenant uh new covenant uh and and the new testament. I think I just came up with a new word, customment, kind of covenant and testament. But anyway, I hope that that uh that answers your question there as far as uh Sabbath keeping and uh, whether or not we have an obligation uh to to keep the Sabbath. 3036903000 that is uh the number to call if you want to join me on the air 303-690-3000 and uh, you know I have a prayer request here from someone uh, related to uh, a pornography addiction. I want to go ahead and and uh, pray for this uh, individual as well. Uh, actually, it's a it's a um, uh, interesting twist on this question. Not really a twist, but I think to mo- a lot of people it it, it is. Um, this person, you know, immediately in your mind when I said a pornography addiction, a man probably popped into your mind, but this is actually a female uh, in her 20s. And what we're finding now is, is, that, uh, is, is that there is a very high incidence of pornography addiction among women, not just among men. So this, this is something that affects uh, our male and female listeners. Um, and, you know, uh, the only deliverance is as the only deliverance from any sin uh from any addiction uh is is in Jesus Christ and and uh I think that there are some practical things uh... that we can do uh... in terms of of uh... deliverance from pornography addiction Uh, i think that there's some some great groups out there i would start with your pastor uh... of your church uh... and uh... and and find some some people that can encourage you and pray for you in your church uh... and then uh... you praying uh, as well as we're gonna pray for you uh... and then also the bible speaks often uh... jesus did as well uh... of prayer and fasting and uh, he spoke in particular of, of, of demonic possession in in uh, Mark chapter 9. I don't believe that that's what we're dealing with here, but in the context of difficult situations, he talked about some things are only overcome, uh, Mark 9, 29, by prayer and fasting. And so I would encourage you to pray, uh, to incorporate fasting uh, into your prayer uh, time, whether it be on a weekly or a monthly basis. And, uh, you know, the Lord can, uh, can work through that as you're denying the flesh, which is the source of this problem and also enhancing uh, your prayer before the Lord and the lord being able to uh, to work through that let's pray briefly as we have just a moment left Lord I just pray for this uh, this listener that you'd bless them lord that you just give them victory uh, Lord that you would just work and give them deliverance from that as they're now married and in this new relationship that they would be able to go go forward in holiness uh, and in purity uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. Just be with them. Give them a free from guilt, a freedom from their flesh, and victory in Jesus' name we pray. Hey folks, uh, appreciate all of our callers and text questions today. Uh, Calvary Live will be back Monday. And uh, we're looking forward to, I won't be back Monday, I'll be back next week, but we're looking forward to taking more of your calls and questions then. God bless you guys. Have a great night. Have a great weekend.